Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello, everybody. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hello, everyone. Hi, Andy. I'm good. How's good. everyone tonight? People in the chat already saying hi. Who's we got there? We've got, um, oh, look at this. Let's do this first, shall we? From Michael. Happy birthday, Dan. Belated. Dan, happy oh, birthday for yesterday. Thank you very much, Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's jump straight into the birthday. What did you do for your birthday, my friend? I spent my day with the kids. So I brought my older daughter to kindergarten with the bike, which was actually a pretty nice ride. Wow. Um, then I yeah, then I checked out my presents, the cool vinyl that I got, the Empire Strikes Back from 1980. That's pretty cool. I mean, imagine there's something that's older than, than you are. That's That's pretty wicked, but yeah. I mean, we're already I, pretty old, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about vintage guitars today, amongst other things. So I can absolutely yeah. <laughs> uh, imagine things that are older than I am. <laughs> vinyl, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, vinyl itself is pretty old, yeah. Yeah, but that, uh, was, um, that, was, that was cool. What was the highlight of the day? Pah, that's a good question. It's really tough to say. I think just I, th I think in the afternoon we had like a, a very brief moment where there was nobody else except for just my four girls, like my wife and the two kids, and that was quite a, a calm moment. And also being being woken up by my uh, older daughter Rosalie in the morning, she brought me her self-made Baby Yoda and Boba Fett paintings, and woke me up at like six thirty, you know, and then just slipped into the bed right beneath my wife and me, and then spent a couple couple minutes like that that was that was pretty cool so these are those those moments you've got to treasure because they're kind of rare yeah and um may i ask how old you are now daniel <laughs> you can, how dare you, can you say no. <laughs> 38 so getting 38. older and wiser yeah 38 i mean it's, it's not yeah. exactly 40 is it 40s no it's for, dog old apparently yeah 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 <laughs> but old oh, well. is sometimes vintage isn't it dan you know we, we can be considered, considered um more valuable as we age or as certain things age such as it's um, the same with cars cars uh what else um records uh just can't think of anything right now i don't know like uh, jewelry jewelry like paintings jewelry. paintings yeah um, yeah there's always, um, you know, uh, guitars as well, <laughs> which, um, oh, that, what a shtick that was. Um, there's always guitars which tend to value and then regain value as they get older. The same for amps and um, uh, pedals as well. So people have been asking if we're talking pedals. We will be talking pedals uh, today. It's not just guitars. I just couldn't fit everything in the title of this episode. Episode 43, my friend. Yeah, 43 already. That's pretty Goodness. cool. Um, and yeah, this episode, yeah, we have... a... yeah. Please continue. Go on. No, I, I was just about to say we have an episode that's filled with gear news and also with more gear to talk about because today we're going to talk with Luke Hobbs from Gardener Hallgate. Yeah, the Hobmeister, yeah. uh, Lucas Hoffman, Hoffman, hang on, David Hass, Lucas Hasselhob, uh, one of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
we've got a, a sponsor yeah. this week, Dan. So let's just give um, past Andy a moment to talk about the sponsor, and then we shall continue. This episode is brought to you by Amplitude 5, the guitar and bass amp and FX modeling software with 34 amps, 27 cabinets, 13 speakers, 11 microphones, 47 stompbox models, 36 racks, 8 rooms, and an 8-track DAW recorder. Build your virtual guitar rig one small step at a time with Amplitude 5. Yes, so our sponsor, yeah. Amplitude 5, Dan. Uh, we use it, we have used it. I use it regularly, and I recommend that you all do. You can, of course, get a free version just to get the little taste by um, Googling Amplitude 5 free version, and that'll take you to the correct link, and that's the best way to get there. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm just looking at the people in the chat. Welcome to the people who are watching and listening live. There we go. That was Dan's cue to welcome the people who are listening to the audio version. <laughs> sorry yeah and also uh, hello to everyone listening to us on the podcatchers like andy said episode 43 so thanks already in advance for checking out our content regularly and it's always uh, great to be back on your iphone or android phone or whatever so hope I you enjoyed where, the show where you are listening wherever you're listening just take a, a little moment to stop what you're doing and appreciate life and uh friendship and guitars hmm. how do you how do you how do you consume podcasts andy or where do you consume podcasts i have an iphone so i just have the standard podcast i, I apple app and um i do it when i'm when i've, I've started running now because now i'm 40 i've got to do something you know uh yeah. so yeah. i listen to that then and then when i'm uh and i saw this with inverted commas <laughs> tidying the garage which is another uh euphemism for having a little bit of alone time <laughs> um, <laughs> my garage the only room that when you tidy it it actually gets more untidy <laughs> yeah um, yeah yeah Same just here. generally or when i'm when i'm driving to to like a, a video shoot or something i don't tend to listen to music i tend to listen to podcasts and uh hmm. that's where yourself no pretty much the same when i'm on, when i'm driving in the car or you know, when I'm like jogging, like if I go out for a run, I usually like kind of select a episode that I always had on my bucket list uh, because then you're very dedicated and you can you can zoom out and just you know give everything just to the content and that's pretty cool. And by the way, talking about uh, zooming out, I wanted to show you the mark that's no longer there, but I'm chipped now, at least ah. half chipped. I've got my I've yeah. got my track, tracker Dan app, uh, and it says yep. that you're currently broadcasting an episode of the Guitar Stories podcast. So it works. It works That's perfectly. Perfect. Yeah. So if you guys want to want to have also track the Dan, uh, check out the App Store. It's free. App Store. You can tracker check Dan. It's free. Well, the download's <laughs> free, but there's a monthly subscription, which I am trying somewhere to make some money out of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I gotta say everything was super well organized here with the vaccination center so you walk in and within like you, you have 50 minutes waiting time but with the waiting time plus maybe five minutes of waiting you know go in 20 minutes and you are out so um chapeau and thanks a lot to all those people the volunteers that are you know trying to get rid of the whole pandemic situation and help so absolutely that's pretty cool yep uh Hang on, I just got a message from Fretlook. Listen to my wife and you guys. It's the most I can get. 
Oh, Rafa, come on. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means, but I'm because I think it's a compliment. Um, also a yeah. question from a yeah. Facebook user, because if you don't register with Facebook, we're, on, we're live on Facebook and Twitch and other places as well. What do I listen to when running um, the fake Doctor's Real Friends uh, podcast? I listen to some episodes of Guitar Toys podcast <laughs> just to check them back. Uh, I flip through other guitar podcasts just to see what's going on, like Tone Mob and uh, Chasing Tone as well. There's another one that's from California with my friend Steve and some other guy. I sometimes listen to that. And... Um, and also, '80s hair metal is is my jam for running. Mm. Uh, that's that's. If you've seen the film Hot Rod, uh, there's some classic '80s songs in that, and that's basically what I listen to. And, and the Rocky soundtrack, naturally. Mm. I need that little bit of drama, you know. Yeah. For the last mile, yeah. To not stop before you finally reach. You know how how um like what's what's your usual track like? How far do you usually run? Like I do five k. It's just under five k, and I've been hitting it in twenty six minutes recently, which I don't know if that's good, but right. feels good. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> welcome to running chat. Running stories. I yeah. I, I like it. Do you, let's, let's find out about Dan's running. Dan, are you a runner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, in, uh, I have an appointment for a like running check. So when when you purchase new shoes, then they do like all the fancy camera stuff and and look in which direction your your feet are tilted or if you need anything like uh, inserts or stuff like that. So that after I have that scheduled for early July because my running shoes are already seven years old and they kind of feel pretty hard. So right. two options: either the shoes are old or I gained weight. Maybe it's both of them. It's the shoes, man. It's the shoes. Maybe it's the both of them. <laughs> um, we yeah. have some guitar news. May we do some news, everybody, if you want to talk about guitars? Our oh, first news of the week. Um, Rocksmith. Is it called Rocksmith Plus, Dan? Is that what they're calling it? Yep. I think so. Yeah. This is the, and, uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong, the guitar game that you actually use a real guitar for, but they've updated it from the 2014 version. So Dan knows a little bit more yep. than I do, even though I did severely look into this. So what's your thoughts, Dan? Yeah, I was I was surprised to, to hear that uh, Rocksmith Plus was announced. And actually, I knew it a little bit in advance because uh, Ibanez is also sponsoring that project, uh, like you can see in this uh, Ubisoft ad. And um, I have that yeah, guitar. It was cool. I know, and it was that pretty guitar. cool to see that Ubisoft is, is is not kind of getting rid of it because I always like the idea of Rocksmith like combining a real instrument with uh, with the actual like learning software of with the game, and gamification is something that works great not just for me personally but also for a lot of people. So um, yeah, Rocksmith Plus is here, and um, I think you can uh, subscribe now to the beta. So if you log in uh, on your I have done Ubisoft already. account. Yeah, yeah, and you don't need an AZ to to play it, but uh, if you have one, lucky you. Well, I happen to have two in the house right now, so I probably start off on like level six or something. I skip level one to five. <laughs> uh, I have noticed when I did a bit of research on this, Dan, it's upset a fair amount of people because this is subscription based, and rather than buy is, a game yeah. outright, yeah. It, uh, is it ten euros a month, something like that? 
I think it's fifteen bucks in the in the uh, basis package. But I I gotta I gotta be uh, completely transparent here. I have no clue if there's any like brand specific offerings. So if there will be like trial versions, like Ivan specific trial versions. I know other brands like Music Man are also involved. So um, I would not be surprised to see some sort of like uh, introduction deals and, and and kind of trial phases. So because the brands are probably you know, willing to, to get, let more people in just to check out the content where, you know, the actual guitars are being used. So, um, yeah, I don't know yet. But uh, if anyone of you guys is interested, uh, head over to Ubisoft and make sure to check in for the beta. I think the beta will be or is uh, free anyways, and then you can provide feedback and, you know, fiddle around a little bit. I have the yep. uh, the 2014 version, and I, I don't play it often enough because it's a great learning tool. really, really is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah really love it um we've got some some more news let's uh let's go to our next piece of news is this i know zero about this dan so please talk us through some camper news <laughs> camper camper has officially released a new profiler rig editor for the ipad and that like took everyone me included completely by surprise because to me it was always a little bit tedious uh, to kind of have to pluck your uh camper in with to a windows computer or any type of computer to kind of you know dial in different tones and, and change the presets and what they did now they created a complete new app like from scratch uh so you can you know tweak all the presets and find your own tones and uh what makes that thing so special is that you don't need a cable for that and so they like 10 years ago when when camper got released they already included a wife a wifey um unit so it's hidden somewhere in the camper to enable you to actually um connect the ipad with the camper isn't that isn't that like a, a stroke of genius i really well, like I, I am hearing about this for the first time and i did set up this this screen if you're watching the, the video but i i guessed and didn't really get time to think about it because i was ready about 10 seconds before we went live and um <laughs> in, in true guitar stories fashion and i don't have a camp a camper but now that's they have an iPad app now. I want a camper. <laughs> yeah, um, because it's it's just it's it's so it's it, it comes so handy because now if you're you know a lot of traveling musicians, a lot of gigging musicians, they always have their stuff on their iPads, like backing tracks and all that stuff. And now that you can kind of dial in your tones and tweak your tones, even uh, with the help of the iPad, it's it's even more convenient. And still, I, I'm a big admirer of that like ethics of of um, camper that they provided every single unit from day one with that wi-fi chip that's just like so I, hardware I love from that. day one will work with this new ipad app correct yeah 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 you, i mean good. you that's need like a service correct yeah i mean and that's just something they, they had a vision when they designed the project they had a vision to kind of provide a product that will still remain relevant 10 years from where they started and this just wow hats off guys kemper great Great development. I'm going to have to finally movie. try. I've yeah. never tried a camper dance, and now I'm going to have to try it. Now it's got some fun GUI uh, on a on, on an iPad. I kind of yep. I stayed away yep. with it because it was so complicated and, so, and this option paralysis. And I looked at one once and just thought, no, <laughs> no thanks. Um, regardless yeah. of how it sounds or how it responds, it was just too much fiddling for me. But now, now it's got cool little buttons and switches and virtual knobs and stuff. So I, I like that. 
Um, yeah. Tonight yeah. we're talking to Luke Hobbs, as we said, from Guitar Auctions at Gardner Holgate, and he has just joined us in the green room. So just so that Luke knows, we know he's there. We're going to give him a wave. You can't see him, but we can. See, I can see him. Um, he's going to join us. He's going to talk us through some amazing guitars they've got at the guitar auctions. I believe it's the biggest they've ever had. So um, I'm excited. And last auction, we talked about it, and you guys in the chat went nuts. So Luke was kind enough to join us, and he's going to talk through some of his favorite uh, lots. <laughs> but before we do that, it is time for Dan's Pick of the Week. Still a great theme tune. Yeah. They're nice guitars. What are we looking at today, Dan, for your pick number one? Pick number one was something that I uh, saw when browsing through the, the internet and uh, social media and uh, actually stumbled over a video by RJ Ronquillo, who did a ah. presentation video for Grass, Grass, is Grass Guitars. Yeah, Grace. Probably. Grace. Grace Guitars. Grace yeah. Guitars. Like Grace oh. Anatomy, but guitars. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Guitar anatomy. All right, and they they introduced a, a new model called the Mendocino Junior, and uh, like I'm not a big like Les Paul Junior guy, but um, every now and then I kind of <laughs> I know sorry, but every every now and then I'm 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 kind of hooked up on on the tones that these these guitars provide, and I remember like kind of vividly like ten years ago. Around the time the, the original Nikuba Crowdster got introduced, uh, there was an amazing demo um, by an American blues musician with the Crowdster, and I was I was completely blown away. And RJ Ronquillo with uh, the Grace guitar did something similar. I highly recommend everyone to check that out. And what's so special about that is it's it features a one-piece reclaimed redwood body, uh-huh. and that's 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 amazing. I mean, uh, I don't know how old it is. I think more than a hundred years old. That's that's what I what I promoted. So it should be like perfect tone wood. <laughs> oh no, the forbidden word tone wood. Yeah. <laughs> and apart from that, it's like like it's got all the old school uh, specs, like a um, Honduran mahogany neck, Macassar ebony fretboard. It's got the old twenty four point seven five inch scale, nickel silver, uh, gold jumbo frets, uh, Wolf tone, uh, Mino Doggio P ninety pickup. This is something that always goes super well in a Les Paul Jr. And um, yeah, apart from that, it's no frills axe, but uh, it 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 just looks old and it sounds great. So that was that was definitely my pick. It's not for the faint-hearted when it comes to the price tag. I think uh, they start at two point seven k in US dollars, so that's quite a steep price tag. But um, yeah, I mean it's a Luthier's guitar, so uh, probably yeah, if if you if you lost your heart to that specific guitar, you don't you know. You don't well, look I've, played a, I've played a Crowdster and I fell in love with that and, and had to really like run away from it rather than walk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. That, yep. I, that's, Are you more I, like the... I love these okay. style of guitars. They really, really... Are you more the, really the, dual, the dual pickup Crowdster guy or the single pickup Crowdster guy? Uh, the one that I tried had two pickups. So I don't think I actually tried the single pickup version. Um, and okay. it was... It was it's just everything about this guitar was was pretty much perfect. It was yeah. seriously expensive, but you know when nothing, you know when you take something, it just nothing needs to be changed. You think, okay, that's that's a lot of money, but I could probably learn but, a new chord with this. 
<laughs> um, I could probably play a John Mayer tune on that guitar. Uh, your second pick, <laughs> sir, is um, slightly different. Wait, 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 wait. Can you go back, please? Just oh, for I, a second, I can, yeah. Were, yeah, because there were a couple of guitars that you just kind of overlooked. So um, uh, Grace guitars, they are they are um, they reside in Petaluma, so they're kind of neighbors to Mesa Boogie. And uh, this information does not fulfill any purpose except for giving me a moment to breathe and uh, introduce to you also the second model that they offer, which is called the Folsom. And that's a dual uh, dual pickup version of a single cut ah. with uh, like big speed tram and, and vintage style, uh, you know, bridge constructions. It's pretty cool with a single coil in the bridge position and a, uh, I think it's a mini humbucker in the neck. So um, they're also around the 2.5, 2.7 um, price tag and very interesting offering because they look rather quirky. So it's not your traditional Les Paul Jr. copy or, you know, regular. I Les like Paul it. Copy. It's got like an ES, yeah. is it 175 that has that really sharp sort of lower, lower yeah. cutaway? Yeah. I like yeah. it. And it's, you say it's called Folsom, as in Folsom Prison. Folsom. Correct. Yeah, it's got oh, that kind man. of yeah, that jazzy vibe yeah. to it, right? It's not, it's not too much. I, I can see now. There's a country. There's a Johnny Cash country thing there because it's a bit telly. Yeah. Um, I'm digging that. I, I like that more than the single pickup version. Okay. And these these guitars, I mean, spec wise, they are as vintage as it gets. They all come with satin nitro finish, bone nut, and uh, you know everything you would expect from from an old guitar. So that's right. pretty cool. So your your, your second right. pick. My second pick that is just in, and this is the Alex Lifeson Epiphone signature guitar. And uh, <laughs> the finish is called Viceroy Brown, <laughs> which is quite a nice, nice touch. And why I picked this guitar is uh, it's actually two points. First of all, I was a fan of the original because Alex Lifeson from Rush has been a Les Paul with Floyd Rose player for ages, you know, and even like back in the Henry Juskovitz times. When Gibson was not offering those Floyd Rose Les Pauls, he was playing one of these, I think, um, amongst Neil's, Neil Sean, too. And now, finally, after so many years and after Gibson signature guitars, they're offering the Epiphone version of it. And I think it, it provides a lot of bang for the buck. I checked for the price, and they say it's eight ninety nine. Oh, and wow. for eight ninety nine, you get a dual humbucker guitar. Let me let me quickly just browse through the specs with Probucker pickups. Yeah, with a um, I think the trem is a ghost, yeah, ghost piezo bridge from Graftech. So really? you have like those are amazing. Yeah, you, yeah. You, I mean, I think they they clock in at three hundred bucks already. So yeah. you got that. Yeah, yeah. You got the piezo option. So this means you also have two outputs. Um, you have the the locking trem, and you have a lot of holes in the back. That is true. But this this is the same with with every Evertune guitar. I mean, check out all those. LTDs and, and or the RGD sixty one ALET from Ibanez, you know, you have to remove a lot of wood if you want a locking tram or those home units. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm digging that. I really really like that. Eight ninety nine. It's got a, a belly cut and it's some sort of cut behind the the lower bout. That is a yep. good looking guitar. I'm into that a yep. lot. And full um, fret access. Um, I mean, yeah, that kind of. Do. I think they, they call it the comfort carve belly scarf. And apart from that, what the, uh, material wise, we're talking about a mahogany body, probably weight relieved. I would expect. Um, triple aim yeah. flame. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you already have a lot of holes. Yeah. Triple A flame maple veneer. Um, what else? Indian laurel fretboard, mahogany neck, medium jumbo frets, and yeah. I mean, the rest we already talked about. I think it's it's a very interesting guitar. I would uh, I would love to try it out just to see how it compares to the much more um, costly Gibson version of it, mm. and to see if it's worth eight ninety nine. But spec wise, I got to say, good job, good job. Good job, Epiphone. Well done. Have a little biscuit. Uh, I've got some picks <laughs> as well. May, may, may I share them with you? Yeah, please. Oh, let's do it. Andy's pick of the week. That genuinely scared me then. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, I was dancing in the background instead of actually pressing my buttons. Um, there's this one, which I, um, it's a MIDI guitar, but it's, um, it was demoed by Paul David. And I kind of forgot to look up any information about it. I just sort of threw it in there. Um, I can't remember okay. who makes it. So I'm just sort of filling the air now as I click buttons. Uh, and in this very moment, as I'm talking, it's called um, it's called uh, the Expressive MIDI Pro 2. There we go. Thank you. From ROR Guitars. Um, it's got it's got a serious Manson. Um, what's his name? Matt yeah. Bellamy vibe to it. So it's got like what a chaos pad on the main body of the guitar. Um, <laughs> It it sounded great in Paul's in Paul's video. He got some great sounds from it. Um, you have to look this thing up if you're listening to the to the audio version. And also, I thought that if there's like an iPad in it, you could like watch the Guitar Stories podcast as you're playing guitar. So maybe that's <laughs> something for you. Let the guitar speak. Yeah. Um, I I briefly watched the uh, parts of the video from from Paul Davidson. I gotta say super cool great toy but it's so ugly excuse me but it's so ugly and we had, really we had, i like, like it yeah no no the black uh, I version just... i think is sleek the white version looks like a toy but the way that mm -hmm. the the neck the neck is too blanched for me it's too white and too i don't know the neck just looks wrong to me it looks like they've they've not thought the neck through mm. um yeah but I had to pick it because I love it when guitars are looking towards the future. You know, I love it when when companies uh, move something forward. I know this is not brand new in in the sense that it's a MIDI guitar and we've had those before, yeah. but this has some new kind of um, uh, what's the word? Um, like a laser sighting. I can't remember what Paul said. Uh, and I, I've got the the actual article up. But it's got some way of watching what your fingers are doing, and apparently mm -hmm. can also track the uh, the velocity, which is uh, which is interesting. So yeah. the the strength of which you're playing the notes. Definitely taking MIDI to another level, but like from a consumer perspective, I really find it hard to kind of sell that guitar because it looks so yeah. off from what a regular guitar would be like. And uh, yeah, I mean, you had, um, Cork had the Chaos pads, and uh, actually, we, back in the day, we had Ibanez RGs that that had like a little hole, and you could put the Chaos pad. Thank you. Could the could just insert the Chaos pads there, and they were kind of fixed with the guitar. Oh, that's pretty and, funky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but didn't sell that well. Well, so I think that managed. 
after if one you, year already. Um, if you don't like this, you're going to hate my next pick. My What's the price pick? point for the ROR? Uh, the price the point, I saw it at like two and a half thousand. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, people in the chat. But um, I thought it was two and a half thousand. I could be absolutely way off. Um, but that's the one thing that I may have remembered about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. I, I, I dig it. It would be great if, if um, Petrucci would play that guitar, you know. The yeah. guitar got laser siding and Petrucci does the scanning. Do, do you see, do you remember that meme, like video meme that I send you where he's playing with Satriani and Satriani plays something and then Petrucci is checking out what he plays oh, and then yeah. he plays the he exact same away. stuff? Yeah, yeah that's how machine. Petrucci learns stuff. <laughs> right, my next pick, Dan, is um, not All even right. a guitar, not even a pedal, not even anything that you can play guitar with, but it does look like a guitar. It's this. Oh boy, I'm so sold. It is a gamepad, a gamepad based uh, on a Jaguar. So it it's a sort of well, Dan. What are you seeing? I've seen this before. What are you seeing, mate? I'm seeing an amazing arcade fight stick in old school Fender Jazzmaster colors, like wooden enclosure, beautiful scratch played like uh, next to the buttons or you know behind the buttons it looks gorgeous it looks like everything i always wanted when i was like a gamer kid because i always hated that kind of white and black plasticky stuff that would be greasy and you know be look look yeah. kind of ugly after a couple you know when you when you had a couple snacks and then played again and everything was just little but this is oh, nice i really dig it is that it's, just a fun build or is it something that people are, are going to um, sell? I stole it from the Jazzmaster Jaguar and Offset Guitar Group oh. Facebook group. Mm -hmm. um, and to just read what's on the screen there for the audio people, it said, here's one for you gamers. I did a few years back for a musician who wanted an arcade fight stick to match his Jaguar. He designed it all in AutoCAD and had the plates made from brushed aluminum. I made the pick guard, cut, routed and finished the body. It was a fun build. So I get from that that it was a one-off, but dude, that is super cool. It's ah, even got yeah. strap button on it. Can you see the strap button just above? Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know what's going on with it, but it looks amazing. And um, yeah, I, I seriously want to play Street Fighter 2 with that. We need to, to, to start a, kick, a Kickstarter campaign for that. <laughs> I mean, his name is uh, Philip Allison. He's he posted it, and um, I'm sure we could contact him. But I, I, I would be interested in in, in owning that. Yeah. yeah, same here. Dan, I thought we'd bring in Luke before we do the buy, borrow, or burn, um, just to see what oh, his yeah. opinions are on our picks for this week, and then we can get to know Luke a little bit before we go to the Guitar Auctions website. So we're about to do buy, borrow, or burn, where we have four picks this week, two from myself, two from Dan, and you have to buy one of them, you have to borrow one of them, and you have to burn one of them, and the fourth you just ignore. So those are the rules for people that haven't played. Make sure you're playing in the chat. Um, let's bring in Luke. Uh, I'm just going to assign him just here, and when I press this button, he should come on screen, and we should be able to hear him. There he is. Hello, Luke. Hey. Um, I hope... Oh, there he is. How's we can hear him right? as well. We are fantastic, mate. <laughs> How are you? How are you? Yeah. Have you got me? Good. Good. Very yes. good. Thank you. Good. Thank you for joining Hot. us, mate. 
<laughs> Hot in the UK. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh yes, so, um, yeah, balmy. Yes, horrendous there. <laughs> okay, we're playing a game, um, Luke. So we're going to go for buy, borrow, or burn, where we buy. We have to buy one of these things that we've chosen tonight. We have to borrow one, and we have to burn one. So what we'll do is we'll just play the little jingle. And, uh, and then we can go through and decide what we want to buy, borrow, and burn. Here we go. Buy, borrow, or burn. There we go. Right. So <laughs> we've got some some chatty stuff. Uh, Mikhail wants to buy the Folsom Bigsby, burn the Epiphone, and borrow the MIDI guitar. Um, Doctor Dan just wrote Dragon Punch. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, as you were paying attention, were you, were you watching what we were doing? Um, did, were you, did you see what we were talking about? Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah what are your absolutely. thoughts, mate? What would you buy? Um, what would you borrow? What would you burn? God, that's a, that's a tough one. I think I'd probably, uh, I'd probably borrow the one with the uh, chaos pad. Um, I can't, it would be fun to try out for a while, but I can't imagine I'd, uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it looks yeah. like good fun. Um, but I think the the novelty would definitely wear off for me. Um, but yeah, it does look like a bit of fun there. Um, God, what would I burn? Um, yeah, the first guitar just it, it wasn't doing it for me. No, the aesthetic is yeah. No, none of them really do it for me. To be fair, um, I mean, I like I like the P nut, you know, the single P ninety thing going on, like Les Paul Junior kind of thing. But just yeah, the the shape isn't for me. It's a bit too, um, yeah, non-traditional. I like, I okay. like, I like the traditional styling. Uh, I'm afraid. Okay. Um, and buy probably the gamepad. That thing looks awesome. Yeah, the arcade pad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who's yeah, not I... going to want one of them? If you're a gamer and a guitarist, perfect. It's got to be the one. It's stunning, isn't it? It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who cares Amazing. how functional it is? I, but I bet it is really, really functional. So um, yeah, absolutely. get the Kickstarter going. I agree. I agree with you there. Just well, get get it going. Get it made. Get it done. Get it done. Well, it, well, it is made. But yeah. Well, he made Produced. one, and he said a few years ago. So yeah, we'd have to. Uh, I don't know if I can dedicate the time, if I'm honest. But um, <laughs> the very least I'm going to do is reach out to Philip Allison and say, "Well done, sir." Um, yeah. So Indeed, yeah. actually, we should definitely contact him. Definitely contact. Definitely. Him. So yeah. now, Luke, people have all judged you on your choices. So people have got to know you. And now uh, I'm going to guess what I think Dan wants. I think Dan would burn that, the um, the <laughs> iPad guitar thing, the one that Luke's, Luke wants to borrow. Um, mm -hmm. I think Dan would buy the Epiphone because it's affordable and seems like a good guitar. And I think he'd borrow the gamepad but then eventually end up buying one if i can bend the rules slightly. <laughs> that that's cheating come on that's cheating oh all right then you buy the gamepad and you borrow the epiphone there you go that's that's uh, i think that's spot on yeah yeah yes so um let's let's hmm, what would andy do i think you would also buy the gamepad because it's so unique and you're a jazz master guy Hells yes. You would borrow the MIDI guitar just to fool around with it and do a, an amazing video. Phew. And what guitar would you burn? <laughs> the Epi or the Gray's guitar? 
maybe the no you're the guitar geek you would you you appreciate a a vintage guitar so you probably burn the the epiphone and let the grace guitar just be alive somewhere hidden in the stash of a dentist or lawyer <laughs> wrong I would burn this brown one, the single P90. I, I, it doesn't really do it for me. It's, it's like halfway between a Dan Electro and a, a Les Paul Junior. And I, I, I don't okay. like it. But the other ones, the Folsom ones, mwah, that's beautiful. Mwah. I really dig the, right. uh, the, the Folsom ones. But I have to, and, and the Epi just looks like a great guitar for the money. So, yeah, apologies, yeah. Dan. You, you almost got it, and you, 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 you know, your justification was correct, but. Yeah, I had to I had to go there. Um, let's see what right. um, let's see what people in the chat have done. Um, we've got from Fat Panda Cat nineteen seventy nine. Borrow the Lifeson, buy the controller, and but the MIDI maybe burn the MIDI. Controller has to be in Sonic Blue though. I'd like to see a Sonic Blue yep. one. Uh, Buzzle would buy the Folsom, borrow the MIDI guitar, burn the Epi, and definitely burn the controller. How dare you? Sir? What? How dare you? <laughs> Sarang would burn everything and borrow the Epiphone. That's not the game, Sarang. <laughs> uh, and then one more. Fergie in France would borrow the Greys because other things need to be burned. Burn the MIDI guitar. Burn the games thingy. <laughs> uh, and I'm not an LP player, but I'd buy the Epi Alex Floyd because Rush. Okay. Can you can you uh, can you just put on the, on the screen Fred Wolf's latest comment because I'm 100 uh, backing I can, that. I can try it. There we go. Oh hell yeah! Bit arcade stick with monkey grip. How's that? I was thinking Hang the on. exact same thing, like kind of, kind of oh, uh, yeah. gem colors, like gem Pia colors. Black or Onyx, Onyx Black or Loch Ness Green. Turbo mode as well. You know, you'd have it all listed. All those those different colored switches and and control knobs. Yeah, that would look killer as as a gem slash Pia. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we got to we got to contact Philip Ellison. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Um, but we're going to bring our guest in there for full. So if you don't know who our guest is, you're about to find out. And um, he's got some amazing tips for us, or at least personally for me. I've only done this for myself, by the way. I'm using my power as a podcaster to get personal tips from Luke Hobbs. <laughs> so um, <laughs> let's talk to our guest. Luke Hobbs is in the house, everybody. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me once again. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'll just give a little introduction before you explain who you are and what you do. The last time we mentioned you and what you do, we ended up podcasting for, I think, another half an hour afterwards, Dan. Is that right? We just went mm -hmm. long yep. because people. it was like a passing comment that I had. And the people in the chat went nuts about all the things that you had on offer. And I know that we're the night before the big day so would you just sort of run down what you do and, and who you work for and that sort of thing yeah sure so um i'm head of guitars at gardner holgate auction rooms uh we're based in caution which is um for those of you who don't know caution it's in wiltshire about 10 minutes from bath um a lovely city um also live in the area as well um lovely area of the country to be in um we're prob probably I mean, I don't know of anyone else, but we're the biggest auction house in Europe to sell guitars. Um, 
Uh, we've been, as a company, we've been around for, you know, decades, 30, 40 years um, and sold musical instruments for 30 years. Um, I joined the company about 15 years ago, uh, developed the guitar wow. department because of my um, love for guitars and it's grown into what it is today. Um, it's been hard work, but we got to a place where we are selling, uh, you know, anyone's dream guitars, really. Um, in some ways, I can't believe the position I'm in to be able to, you know, offer these offer these guitars for collectors and um yeah no it's a fantastic job really really privileged to be involved in it mm -hmm. and how's how's your stress level like less than 24 hours before the auction starts um to be honest with you the stress level is highest when you're preparing the auction um i mean i think andy mentioned this is the biggest sale we've ever had um by a mm -hmm. long long way um well, when I say a long, long way, I think the most lot, most I've ever had is 950 lots. Um, we're pushing up to nearly 1,200 lots this sale. Um, oh, wow. wow. So it's a big, it's a big auction. Um, and, you know, you kind of get uh, our sales are every quarter. So the last one was in March. Um, this one is obviously June, uh, then September, then December. Um, and it's the same every year. Um, you never really know what you're going to get because you're relying on um, consignments and regular customers and a reputation to keep it going. Um, but it tends to stay at stay at that level to an extent. I mean, obviously, COVID um, held numbers back a bit, um, but just because people couldn't get to us and uh, people had other things on their mind, really. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so like I said, uh, biggest sale we've ever had. Uh, probably, you know, during the first month after an auction. Um, it's it's still pretty it is still full on you know every day um but you you know you can get a collection of 50 guitars in and you might get uh a week and a half to check them over catalog and process them um well a week week and a half to two weeks let's say um but then on deadline week um which is usually about a month before the sale so the deadline week i can get up to 400 lots just land in one week um and as smaller things like pedals are generally straightforward because there's not usually a, a lot that can go wrong with them. And, um, they're very quick and easy to test, make sure they're all kosher. Um, but yeah, guitars, cause a lot of things need taking apart and vetting and, um, yeah, it can be proper full on, especially, I think this, cell I took in about 200 guitars and, and had to catalog them in one week. Um, plus I had the crashes that I, stupidly booked a holiday a week after deadline week so i had to have everything <laughs> done um a week early um so it's my own fault so i shouldn't really complain about that but um uh so yeah the after when the catalog's online um it, the stress kind of dies back a bit because the work's done um i have to carry out condition reports um and condition reports are a must really because the 200 guitars that come in last minute you are going to miss something um, we will make, you know, we try not to make mistakes, but to be fair, 1100 items in one cell, um, I'm going to miss a, a screw and a vintage guitar I'm bound to, you know, um, you know, try not to be too hard on ourselves, but it is, it's probably going to happen. But at least at the condition report phase, when someone asks, um, you know, before they bid, because at the end of the day, the bidder has to, you know, satisfy themselves in the condition before, as per our terms, before bidding. Um, so mm -hmm. most people ask for condition reports, and that's when we have a chance to go through and double check everything. Um, 
and yeah that's that's pretty busy that's what i've been doing for the last sort of week and a half um and we've had um yeah hundreds and hundreds of industry reports as you can imagine i think we've got currently last count was about 700 registered bidders for the sale um so um yeah, most of those people are asking condition reports. Most of them want more, want, want more than one guitar, don't we all? Um, and uh, yeah, no, that that's that's. It, it, but it's a bit, it's a, it's a bit less stressful having to do that as long as you get it all done before the sale. And then um, yeah, the the sale day is just good fun. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's a performance, and like any musician. Um, you know, I am a guitarist myself. I think you have to be to have this job. Um, and I, I don't really, you know, I'm not in a band at the moment. I haven't been for a long time. Um, but this is kind of like my gig in some ways. Um, (laughs) and yeah, I really, really enjoy getting up there and doing it. And, um, you know, it's, it's high pressure and, you know, I mean, you've probably witnessed auctions before. Um, Andy, I know you've, um, watched the auction in the past uh, and you can see how fast paced it is and, you do have to be on the ball. Um, I mean, it does almost become, I mean, I've been an auctioneer now for, I've been working for the company 15 years, but I've actually been on the rostrum probably for seven or eight now. Um, so it does, it does almost become second nature. Um, you know, I quite often say to people, you know, you can be, you can be on the rostrum selling and you can almost be at the same time while you're selling, you can be thinking about what you're, what you're having for dinner that evening. Sometimes, you know, um, it's, you don't want to do it too often because you don't want to make any mistakes, but you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but it does it does come second nature to an extent. But it is mm. it is great in its performance, and it's a shame we don't have people in the room at the moment because uh, COVID's obviously put that away for the last year. Um, online only auctions, so you don't get the banter of being in the room. But um, so let, let's talk about that, Luke. You've got um, we're going to look at the website, so we can bring the website up and we can talk about it. Uh, we've got some questions already from the chat, so maybe just some some quick answers just to satisfy the people in the chat at the moment, because you mentioned yeah, of course. Uh, about collectors. And um, what the first question, one of the most important questions that people are asking, and it's Marco that has voiced it, is it is it worth participating in an auction if you're not a collector, but just someone looking for a good deal? Yeah, of course. I mean, um, auction tends to be, I mean, you can, I think the third Best thing people think of when it comes to auction is, especially in the guitar world, traditionally would be eBay. Um, and why do people go to eBay? They go there because they can potentially get a good deal. Um, you know, you can buy at a fraction of the cost of retail. Um, our auctions have, I mean, one thing, again, mentioning the COVID would, one thing COVID did do is it, it, it brought us a mass influx of new private buyers just because auction became a lot more um, of a known thing. Um, so, you know, we can get close to retail prices, but it, it, it tends to never really be over. Um, and as, I think especially with the higher the price goes, I think the almost potentially the more of a bargain you can get these days. Well, it must be like being in a candy store, kind of being able to check out those guitars. Do you get like, is that like a, pro, a prerogative of a, a auctioneer that you can call dips if you really like guitar or do you, would you have to bid like everyone else? No, unfortunately, I've got a bit like everyone else. I think I think the thing is, is it's always got to be a fair playing field. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are auctioneers out there who perhaps would um, possibly do that, um, but we're a we're a really honest and very moral company. Um, we always have been, always will be. Um, 
we're lucky to have a close tight family feel which kind of keeps that in check as well um we don't we, we never expand too much on you know the workforce i guess so uh yeah no it's um it, yeah the other thing is this i think i'd be bankrupt if uh yeah, if I did have the opportunity to do so. Um, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Some sort um, of self-protection nice... mechanism. The thing I, is, I, I, know, I, know the see, feeling. I kind of see myself as a temporary custodian of these things, though. So, you know, <laughs> I've got 450 guitars uh, within the 1,100 lots, you know, of everything. I've got about 450 guitars in at the moment. And I, I almost see that as my collection for three months and then <laughs> they go out the door and then I'll take my next collection of 400 guitars in. Um, and it's quite fascinating to be able to, you know, play all these things and see, tell the different and see the differences. Cause you know, I'm in a unique opportunity, um, that, you know, not many others. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't even think there's many retailers that probably have the turnover that we do. Um, I mean, I think I, I think I roughly worked out that I may have sold about 15,000 guitars since I started this job. So that just goes to, you know, and that's just guitars, obviously forgetting the other things. Um, so, you know, 15,000 guitars go through your hands. Um, you're gonna see some, you know, pretty nice stuff. Um, there's not a lot, there's apart from the very new modern boutique stuff, which obviously is less likely to come to auction on the auction market because it is so modern and, um, you know, it tends to stick in people's collections and uh, for a while, um, you know, there's not a lot that I pro we probably haven't, you know, seen come through us, um, or certainly styles of things. So can yeah, we, can we take a look um, at the website, Luke, is that okay with you? If we just, um, yeah, take a yeah, of course. There we go. So it's up there on the screen, guitar auctions at Garden of Holgate. And um, you're going to have to talk me through the website to find out how to get to stuff. But if anyone, yeah, sure. first, my first advice for people is to check out your Instagram because it's just down here. Um, you you have posted, posted some amazing stuff. There's just the photos are great. The captions are great. The care, the attention to detail. Um, you're doing a a stellar job of that so mm. you know hats off to you I, I, yeah. I love watching your posts yeah i mean instagram is like uh this it's it's key really i mean i think a lot of um i think a lot of the biggest dealers in the country and worldwide would say the same you know you find i think a lot of dealers now are selling on instagram more than anywhere else um mm. so you know if you're a dealer and you haven't got a decent instagram account and following then um there's my tip for you you need to have one because um, yeah, I mean, it's like with us, with, with the auctions, um, we've got a great following. It's, it's, it's been hard work building that following, but we've got there. And, you know, I could, we can almost, we almost sell, um, as soon as we post something, we found the buyer almost straight away for that, for that thing we post. Um, yeah. and it's a good, sell. it's a good, it's, it's, it's a brilliant sales tool, you know, more than anything else, I think these days, um, and I think I, I personally think Instagram for the guitar selling side is is the, the you know the best tool for for guitars. I mean you know there's other other social media platforms, but I don't think they work quite as well. You know. Um, so where do we go? Um, I'm on the website. I want to see yeah. the auctions. Do I go to auctions? Yes. Yeah, so if you go to auctions, I mean. So the thing about this website, um, the guitar-auctions.co.uk or .com, um, they both work. Um, this is our subsidiary um this is our subsidiary website um 
that kind of works as an auction preview. Um, right, so right. what this does is this gives us an opportunity to, as soon as something's in and it's processed, catalog, photographed, we'll put it up online so people get as much advance warning as possible because our live catalog on our main company website doesn't doesn't get published till about three weeks before the sale. And I know a lot of uh, uh, the guitar and the enthusiasts around there uh, itching to see what we've got coming up. So hence the website. Um, so um, this is, yeah, you're in the screen, which is the auction screen. Uh, you can see bidding is now open. So if you click on, click on that. So we've got two days, obviously this is the guitar day. And then there's another, the other link goes to the amp day, oh. um, which is day two. So there we go, straight in. Um, so again, even before the auction, this website still works as uh, kind of on here um, by clicking. I mean, if you go out to the menu just quickly, just to, um, so you've got live bidding on the right, and that will um, take you through to um, top top right. That's the, that will take you through to um, the live bidding catalog, which is hosted on our on our own website. Um, okay. So, you know, that's, that's where people go to register and bid live. Um, and then but what you can do on this site is through the lot view. Um, if you click on a lot, you can, um, you can link through and leave a bid directly from lot view as well. So you could, you obviously click to bid that'll take you to the main site. What it does at the moment is it, it only, it only takes you through to the, to the main catalog, but then you can, can bid. Um, but what we'll eventually do, which is a feature we're working on, is that it will all sync up completely. So if you click on the blue button to bid, eventually that will actually take you straight through to the lot on the live bidding catalog as well. So that's just that'll be in place for next sale. Um, it's just something we're we're in the process of developing. Um, but yeah, so this is um this is the guitar website as we say. Uh, it's been recently updated as well. I don't know if you ever most most people will be familiar with the old one. Um, we launched this about three months ago um, because the other one was about 10 years old and looking very dated. Um, this is much cleaner, much easier to see, more enticing, yeah. makes me worry about my credit. Um, some people in the chat have are throwing out some numbers and I know I asked Luke if you had any sort of favorites or top tips or things that you've seen that are, you'd like to talk about. Um, I'm just gonna check out lot 451 and then maybe we can go to Luke's picks and then, um, well, I, put, I just put it in there, I guess, and then search. Right? Yeah. So search. 451. Oh, wow. It works. Huzzah. Yay. <laughs> it, works. it works live on the internet. That's a yeah. three-necked. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wacky thing. Um, in the style of uh, Enzersberger, um, who was known for these wacky three-necked guitars, I think is actually a, an Austrian-made guitar. Um, I think it says I think you're that. right. Yeah, so there you go. Um, in Wien, yeah, uh, so yeah, it's made in Vienna. From yeah, a, um, a, a violin maker. Wow. So it's yeah, basically a fretted middle board and um, the two fretless sides, and then that ridiculously long saddle. Um, <laughs> probably the worst, probably the worst intonating guitar in the world. But, I didn't uh, even see that. I, I, I was just yeah. looking. I didn't get as far as the sound hole, let alone the saddle. <laughs> Biggest saddle in the world, yeah. So that's uh, that's one long bone that that's been made out of. Um, so, Dinosaur yeah, no, it's, um, it's a wacky thing, um, and uh, there's probably 
more people out there. I mean, you can see obviously our description and we've looked into it to an extent. There's probably people with more, far more academic knowledge about on, on that kind of thing than there are myself. But, um, Oops. oh, I've broken it. Oh, well, you've broken the internet <laughs> again, second time tonight. <laughs> Okay, well, um, another one people are recommending is 218. Oh, hello. Yeah, Steve Vine, this is, a, this is great. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound we play um, when anyone mentions the i brand. Ah, um, uh, okay. Yeah. Dan is your man for this, so I'll just yeah. sit here and, and relax for a minute. Well, that's one of the original Euphoria's guitars by uh, Ivanus. That got released as uh, one of the few signature models, acoustics, and for Stevie. And with that green finish, um, it's one of the rare ones because the green finish wasn't around too long, and there weren't too many of them being sold actually. So that's a pretty pretty cool pretty cool instrument. I like I like the vibe of it because you know the newer ones they are more subtle. But that green in the flesh, and especially on the stage, it pops. So that's a pretty cool guitar, and it plays like like butter. It's it's got a neck that's super close to the original jam. It's very thin, and it's it's a cool guitar. It's made in Korea, so for some people, you know, it's a downturner. But um, like the build quality right. is spot on, and I think what what what's your expectation? Like four hundred to six hundred. Um, yeah. I think that ballpark is pretty realistic. So um, yeah, it's a rare bird nowadays already. It's not like a super valuable guitar, but you know there are not too many floating around. Yeah, so it's the first we've ever had. You know, like like been selling guitars since two thousand and nine is when we sort of really started it. So uh, over that time period, it's, it's the first one we've like I said we've ever had. So that kind mm -hmm. of almost uh, clarifies its rarity. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like you say, it does. It plays like butter. Um, it looks great. Uh, the you know the quills of maple really pops both back and front. Um, and yeah, like Fred Wolf said, the headstock shape is great. You know, um, so yeah, no, that I, I think that's one that will do quite well, just because uh, there's not many people that would have seen one before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sarang says that fourteen-year-old him just lost his mind. <laughs> so my, my question to you guys is that a good price like 400 to 600 pounds is that a, a a steal is that an expected bid and what are your, your opinions on that one it's, it's kind of hard to say because especially in europe i think a few have been sold but uh like luke already said they don't they don't usually you don't find them usually uh, in the second market you know um so that would be a good price definitely yeah i think it's um i think I think it is a good price, and but I, I think you know it's it's probably I think like you mentioned earlier of the Korean thing, you know most people will be thinking that price for a Korean guitar, but actually um, you know if Korean guitars are some of the best made guitars out there these days. Um, there's a lot of manufacturers are showing, um, and you know this is this is a prime example to be fair. Yeah. Yep. So, um, Luke, what was the stuff you've picked? Um, I'm just going to do um, that. Sorry. I mean, I, I'm I didn't make gonna... you a jingle. Sorry, no jingle. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. <laughs> In time for next time, please. If, if, Definitely. if you're Definitely. back, of course, you know. Um, don't want to make any assumptions there. Um, so yeah, I'm I mean, on the, I've, I'm I've on the made... fence right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I've made um, I made a few notes in our catalogue. There we go. Our branding. Mm. So that's our. That's the brochure we produce. Um, Hang on. Let me let me just get you. Let me get you there. There we go. 
Oh, there we go. I got. A, need to go the right way because I'm mirrored. I think. Yeah. So. Um, mm. Yeah. So that is our brochure. It's quite um quite thick, perfect bound product. Um, and we produce these every sale, and they they that's a subscription. Basically, the 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 big collectors receive these because they tend to subscribe to them. Um, they 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 cost a small fortune to produce, but it's, they're worth their weight in gold because it's a great product. Um, <laughs> and but yeah, I've got got mine with me just to um, flick through a few notes um, because there's some yeah some fantastic stuff in here um, and. It, you kind of think, well, how long have you got? So I'll try and be uh, as as brief as brief as I can. Give, it, um, give us your top three think, and see where we go from there. What do you think, Dan? Uh, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think my personal favourite is probably lot twenty three. Um, mm. So which it, it's been a really really oh, popular yeah. time. So yeah, so I you know I'm a I'm a huge fan of um, Les Paul Juniors, um, which. <laughs> Les Paul Juniors, I think any P90 based Gibson guitar are hot at the moment. It seems yes. to be the end thing. Um, I think guitars, uh, as you guys will probably agree, the trends uh, work work just like fashion. You know, it's a fashion, just like a fashion thing, really. You know, at the moment, P90 guitars are popular and um, wide range humbucker fenders are very popular at the moment. Um, just seems to be the end thing. We can't get enough of them. But, you know, this is a Billy Joe Armstrong. Um, this is base. It's in near mint condition. Um, it's great. It's a really mm -hmm. good weight. Look at that case. You know that is a leopard. That is Leopard's an amazing leopard. case. <laughs> yeah. Um, Damn. And yeah, I I think they are made in limited numbers as well. Um, some yeah, they were. Probably, they weren't. They certainly yes. weren't mass produced. And as you said, yeah. um, I actually think this guitar was ahead of its time because it was. It says two thousand six on there. And as you yeah. just mentioned, now these guitars, these style, these single P90s are coming really into fashion. Um, well, this is it, yeah. I mean, that's Billy, one of the Billy first Joe. guitars I looked at, so that's one of my favourite. Lot 23, uh, stay away from it, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that will, um, that, that, I mean, that's been, that's caused a lot of interest in the sale. I mean, it's just got, if I've, I think, you know, black Gibsons as well. Uh, yeah. you know especially with vintage guitars you know if you suddenly got a factory black gibson you know that's that's what everyone wants you know without without question if you get a, they're they're incredibly rare um but um yeah no i mean it's um i think i think potentially a very good investment for the future as well because they were limited um they are great um you won't really find a much better lesbian junior um so you know even without the billy joe armstrong link um it's you know you could play that on stage and people wouldn't jump straight away say uh you're a billy joe armstrong wannabe you know um so yeah that's that's my first pick definitely really nice and 600 pounds to 800 pounds seems very low because as buzzle just pointed out 1800 euros on reverb so yeah um as it's... much as i hate to say it you you know, there's a flip potential there. I don't think it's mm -hmm. going to go for maximum eight hundred pounds. Plus, uh, re remind me, twenty four percent. Yeah, so buyers premium including VATs twenty six point four percent. So obviously that's our that's that's our you know our service fee essentially. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. the commission we take from the sale. Um, so um, yeah, no, I think I but I think you're right. I think it will go way over estimate. Um, it came. I mean, a lot of the time, uh, our estimates are, 
conservative because you want to encourage people to bid. That's the main thing. Um, I believe lot one to 50 in the auction um, all came from a deceased estate. So you're not under that much pressure to have to put massively high estimates on. They're here to sell. Um, but, you know, we, we know that offering them at... Um, Offering at them, a, you know, a conservative estimate will ensure that our seller gets the best possible outcome. Because you know, mm -hmm. if you know, if we went and listed that guitar at, let's say, I don't know, eight to twelve hundred pounds, you suddenly knock out five or six bidders that could have potentially been engaged in bidding and got carried away. Um, it is all mind games being an auctioneer and getting people engaged in bidding, you know. Um, you know, you know, we, we we really are trying to trick you into bidding. Once we get you engaged, you probably will bid more. Um, but it's and part, it has it's worked on me. Yeah, it has worked on um, me. I can I can say that Luke was doing a great job while I was watching the stream, and I was I was on holiday in Italy in the car while my girlfriend was driving and watching it. And she said, "What are you looking at?" I said, oh, just just looking at Facebook." here it comes here it comes here it comes and i, I yeah I, I i didn't win the bid but and afterwards i felt this kind of relief so it's it it is kind of gambling isn't it luke yeah well yeah it, it can be in some ways and i think the other thing is where we've where we don't really have anyone in the room at the moment and people are bidding from home you can get a bit more comfortable you know you sat in your armchair at home and it in some ways i mean it's a bit like you know making that um I mean, you know, I'm 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 guilty of it in in the past. You know, you 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 come home late at night and go on eBay and make a a, a bad choice purchase. Well, it's, it's not a bad choice purchase. Let's face it. But you may not have um in the daytime. You may not have made said purchase. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, no. I mean, I've and and it's a bit. I think it's a bit the same with being at comfort at home. I mean, there's a lot of people that probably should be working as well. They are working from home now and they are bidding on our auctions. And I think, yeah, you do get a bit comfortable sat there. And um, yeah, that can. And as an auctioneer, we try and, you know, we try and encourage people to bid one more. That's our job. But at the end of the day, we're of working. Although, although we're mm -hmm. working, you know, we'll ne we're always working for the seller at the end of the day. You know, that's who, that's our main concern. I mean, obviously, you know, our buyers um, come we well regarded as well because of our buyers, you know, we're not in business, um, you know, but we'll never sell anything to anyone. You know, we do look after our buyers to that extent. And to be honest mm -hmm. with you, um, you know, on that side, I'd rather put someone off from bidding on something if they're not comfortable than, um, you know, if someone comes to me and says, oh, I'm really not sure about, it, I just say, well, just don't bid, you know, um, you know, with all due respect, someone else will buy it. Um, and, you know, I want everyone to be happy because uh, mm -hmm. if, if we got disgruntled customers, especially with Google reviews, Facebook reviews, um, social media, forums, if we put the foot wrong, um, it can be game over just with one, one you know, mishap. So, um, yeah, so yeah, even though we look after our buyers, you know, our, our main thing is to make sure we get as much as possible for the seller. Of course. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you have another pick for us, sir? Another lot number. Yes, I think the front cover, um, which uh, launched oh. one one seven. Um, you know, I, I think I'd be one one seven. Yeah, I think I'd Brazilian be Brazilian um, rosewood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not that's not all about the dreaded Brazilian rosewood. Um, yeah, so uh, oh my goodness, I'd that's Guillaume's wet not. dream. It is. Yeah, nineteen sixty <laughs> I mean, Fender Strat. 
I mean, I'd be wrong for not picking this one. Um, yeah, just you because, would. well, from, from a from a personal point, it's Olympic white with a rose of board, which is, in my opinion, the best looking strap you can get. Um, you know, um, I'm sure there's loads of people that would probably disagree with me. I think for me, shell pink comes um, a close second, but. Um, yeah, Olympic white with a with a rose of board. Um, I think another reason for me picking this is it's been refinished, so ah. you're not going to have to pay twenty k for it. Um, mm -hmm. It's, uh, I mean, look at that neck. I mean, Whoa. you look at that neck, and you you just know it's been played, and the feeling yeah. of that neck is, of <laughs> uh, you know, people think Fender Custom Shop come close to getting that feel they don't you know that is that is just something else um <laughs> full reveal. Full reveal. yeah it's oh. it, it it's so you know the the neck that the back of the neck is so far gone that you know a lot of people have been saying it looks like a purpose relic but it's not it's like yeah. you know it's just i think the person the, the previous owner had very very grubby hands uh probably but um <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah no it's um and it's got there's a few other things like it's had um it's had a, the thing with this guitar as well is it's had a refret which is very accepted now on vintage guitars they're an instrument at the end of the day i think if a i think if a vintage guitar hasn't had a refret um unless it's just been lost in time there's probably something wrong with it you know if it hasn't been used um so um but this has actually had a refret with uh not vintage correct frets they're more of a medium jumbo um and i have a big preference for fat frets so that kind of works as a good middle ground for me personally um okay. very comfortable to play i'd say it's probably the best sounding strat that i've ever you know vintage strat that i've ever played um oh. so and you know i've 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 probably sold over 50 you know of these things um and it's certainly the best one I've ever had through my hands in terms of, you know, sound. Um, but because of the issues, like a refinish, um, the, the guard currently on there is a replacement. Um, the original was included, but it's had a repair because um, it, it previously had like the, the, the free Jag style switches that a lot of people used to do back in the early 70s, you know, uh, just for more tonal, tonal options. Um, and because of the because of that switching system there was a small route that was put in put out from the control cavity which has been filled in and obviously that's covered over by the refinish um <laughs> so those things are going to bring you know refinish half survive <laughs> um yeah so so yeah this is just a, a a great opportunity to own a 1960 strat under like should be as long as people don't get carried away under the you know 10k price bracket so my feeling is it'll go for somewhere between five and eight if it goes over eight uh it's it would surprise me in some ways but in other ways not because the market is buoyant at the moment but um mm -hmm. yeah i mean players grade vintage guitars are great because you know like i said fraction of the cost you don't have to worry necessarily that too much about taking them out on the road um so yeah, I I am nowhere near uh, financially available to to consider that one, but um, me neither. That would be <laughs> that would be the one for me as a guitar player rather than a collector. Um, that's that's absolutely a great choice, Luke. Wow, wow indeed. 
We had some questions um, from the chat earlier. Um, let's just go back to this one. One of them was, where does all the, the, the slightly wacky stuff, because you get, as you said, with the, with the three neck um, one we've, we began with, um, where does all the wacky stuff? There's a lot of sort of 60s surfy kind of guitars that I really dig. Yeah. Is it consignments or loft finds? Or? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're in a really good position where um, I think a, I think a bad recipe for an auction is having um, trade stock consignments. Um, that's one thing I will say because you know trade can often will want to dictate reserves because at the end of the day they have to you know they have they have to they want to sell and turn over but they have to protect their interests. So we're quite lucky in the I'd probably say that ninety nine percent of our auctions are you know private consignments which is great so um and because of that you know we get we get um you know phone calls every you know every week we're, and, and most of the most of the wacky stuff does come from collectors who you know focus on wacky guitars i mean mm. the biggest collection of guitars i ever took on was um it was based um uh kind of west london um a little bit out of london um but there was 550 guitars in a free bed uh, bungalow. What? Um, and it was like, if you, if you think of like the hoarder from hell programs, you see, um, <laughs> I mean, I will say that I will say the guy didn't live there. Um, he just used it as his, um, you know, almost, uh, I don't know, boys toy shed, I guess. Um, wow. So, uh, and it was in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, the, I, I didn't really ever have any worry about them being there. Um, but yeah, 550 guitars. And it was all like really wacky stuff as well, like stuff that I'd never really seen before. And I think like you said, Andy, that's the, that's the stuff that does it for me because it's different. Um, and the other thing is I learn more from it because it's not stuff that I'm seeing every day. Right. And I want to see something different. I mean, you know, it's although a vintage strat is great and it's perfect for income um you know with things like strats and tellies and uh, les pauls you know one comes in and you're just like you know chuck that on the pile you know you've there's loads of them um great for income we love having them of course and they're great guitars but from a from a personal point of view um and like i said being a, this temporary custodian of so many guitars every time um it's the wacky stuff that, you know, like, uh, the old Tiesco Del Rey's, um, great sounding, you know, often with the gold foil pickups, which is just incredible. Um, you give a really unique sound. Um, a lot of the old Framus, um, guitars, um, a lot, uh, you know, especially the solid, solid body ones. Um, and, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of the, a lot of the European and, you know, wacky old Japanese stuff and, and, you tend to find it's a certain type of person collects them. So to get a lot of those in, you, you almost need to find that collector that has them. Um, cause you know, most people, you know, have tellies, they have strats, they have sure. Les Pauls because that's, that's what we're, you know, that's what we're, we're fed at the end of the day. Cause that's what's commercial. Um, but you can you can get some great and great buys as well. You know, you can get free, you can pick up these wacky framers guitars for, between four to six hundred pound hammer, mm. and there and we a lot of them do need work of a setup. But as long as you get a good luthier to put their hand to them, they're 
they're as good as anything else. Um, and they have more of a unique sound. They have something different, um, you know, to, to really set yourself aside from, you know, any, anyone else really. Um, hmm. yeah. Right. There, there were, um, Dan, sorry, continue. Yeah, I, I just want to to ask Shoei. Like, I, I already have like uh, checked the catalog, and uh, there's there like a couple of models that I would recommend from a like investor perspective or collector perspective, which would also lead like one particular one would also lead me to um, another question. Could we briefly check out lot three hundred sixty six, which should be a nineteen ninety two Ibanez Frank Gambali FGM one hundred guitar, and. Uh, there you go and this is a sky blue fgm 100 which was only produced in 1992 and um i mean frank gambali was with ibanez for a couple of years but nowadays i think he went with kiesel and, and a lot of other companies and uh, these guitars at the time they were super new with the s series not being in the market for too long and um but with with the colors um like even the inlays and the headstock matching the body it's a very very cool and quirky looking guitar got the Marzio pickups, etc. But what, what led me to my question is that I saw that it's even signed on the headstock and it says like Merry Christmas, Frank Gambali. Yeah, I think it's like a half happy birthday tribute to um, obviously someone's <laughs> son um, yeah, from yeah. Frank Gambali. Yeah. Um, but did you did you ever had like I mean that's obviously this is an, uh, a guitar like a signature instrument that's been signed by the artist. Did you ever had like uh, any kind of treasures that you found where Maybe the the seller that that provided the guitar to you didn't even know who signed it. Like I don't know, uh, an old frame is signed by Elvis Presley, and then you know once you check it out, you you see, oh wow, what signature is that? You do you do some some you know detective work, and then you figure out, whoa, that's something I did not expect. Did you have any any situations like that where where the actual instrument wasn't necessarily what it was all about but there was much more about it like a, a cool story um, or a big name no not i'm not really i mean most people tend to know what they have and you know i mean i think most especially when you come to deceased estates i mean this one is from the deceased estate um and funnily enough the the widow didn't know that it had been signed on the back um all right and if uh just so you know not you know not every spouse knows exactly what their um what their partner's been hiding in the uh, in the attic until they pass away. You know. Um, do do but, you remember uh, that meme that that says like my my worst nightmare is that my wife sells my guitars for uh, the amount of money I told her they did cost. Yeah. One of my favorite memes. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, I mean, I think the uh, I I mean I did have I remember once I had a Joe Satriani. Um, I think it was a probably a JS 10 or JS 100, um, you know, one of the top, top range ones in, you know, in red. Um, and the person well, that owned it was, was, a was a, um, was a guitar nut. Um, but he didn't actually realize it was a Joe Satriani s signature guitar. Um, and it had a signature, it had Joe Satriani had ha signed the top of it with a doodle. Um, so he bought oh, me the guitar okay. wanting to sell. Yeah, didn't realize it's a Joe Satriani model, and said, "Who, whose, whose autograph is this on my guitar?" And you know, I said, "Well, it, this is a Joe Satriani signature, and it is Joe Satriani's, um, you know, autograph on there." And he was, he was quite blown away because he actually, you know, he did know who Joe Satriani was. 
So he didn't know it had Joe's signature. He was a collector. And no. What's the financial side of that story? Um, I mean, it, I think basically having the autograph on there, it, it made... I mean, well, I mean, I think the guitar owed him. Um, he, I don't know where he bought it from. But I think it only owed him about five hundred pounds. So he was delighted to find out that the guitar was probably worth a thousand pounds in its own right. Um, uh -huh. And we probably we probably got an extra five hundred pounds because of the autograph. Um, it was a long, long time ago now. I think it was it could have been seven, six, seven, eight years ago now. Um, that, that's the only kind of like close incidents we've had um, okay. on that side. But, you know, it's, it's still nice. I mean, it's the same as you, we do get a lot of people come to us with guitars. Um, and you always assume that, um, again, from with, with widows or, you know, deceased estates, that the family are going to have some kind of idea of what something's worth because um, they're coming to you with a vintage guitar, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, and I am off. I'm. I'm still surprised at how surprised some of the sellers are with the with the value. Um, you know, they bring a guitar, thinking, um, you know, my husband paid three hundred pounds for this Stratocaster in the early sixties. Therefore, it must be worth half that price because of depreciation. <laughs> and then you tell them it's actually worth fifteen to twenty k, and. <laughs> They react, you know, that that's that's one, you know, a joy of the job is being able to, yeah. you know, tell tell them, um, yeah, by the way, you can you can you can have that cruise you've always longed for or um wow. <laughs> you know, um pay off your pay off part of your mortgage or um what yeah. have you. So yeah, no, nah, um, it's a, it is a joy of the job, you know, bringing bringing good news to people. That's a, a killer YouTube channel right there. Just the antique roadshow <laughs> guitar version. And if you guys haven't considered that, then you should. And I'm taking 15%. Um, <laughs> you're, you're the host. <laughs> I'll happily host it for you. Do you think your guitar is worth 300, 5,000, or 50,000? That's correct. 300. Here's 300 euros. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think that show would last very long. Um, but. Um, Let's answer the main question I have for tonight, and that is if people are looking for a bargain at the auction tomorrow and the second uh, auction the day after for the amps and the pedals and stuff. What's your top tip, Luke? Um, I think the bargains really are within the amp section. Um, I think they're. I think the thing is with with the amplification is that I I think you need a bit a bit more faith when buying electrical items from somewhere like an auction i mean we we pat test everything and you know do as much as we can to ensure it's safe um and we provide a, a, as good a condition report as we can but i just i just don't think that people have the confidence to to really really go for it um and i think some of the you know the old vintage amps when you compare the prices on the open market, which would include us, eBay, maybe Reverb.com for private individual sellers. Um, I think the prices are still, there's still quite a big void between that and guitar. Yeah, Are we still here? No, we're still here. Yeah, but there was, was, that was a statue. 
Goose. Who has a cat? Goose, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the cat. Yeah, the cat is here. Yeah, Lola's joined me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, the um, yeah, amplifiers are definitely a, a, an area that I think is, 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 is still, you will find something um, at the lower price bracket. And I think, um, I think just, um, is having the foresight to in, invest in certain areas. Like, I mean, we covered the Billy Joe Armstrong guitar. I think if you can get a guitar that's made in limited numbers and has an artist's connection, the the prices tend to um, quite rapidly go up as quite a fairly quick investment. I mean, I know a lot of the, the Gibson custom, um, you know, collector's choice guitars, They've come on massively um, only in the last five five years, really. Um, you know, limited numbers. The Gibson sell out of five k um, five years ago are now making ten to fifteen, sometimes more. Um, and you know, I think if you've got the capital on that side, that's a good option. I mean, not obviously not everyone's got that budget. Um, and I think uh, I suppose going back to the Steve Vai guitar. Um, Korean made guitars. Um, mm-hmm. Again, if you find be produced again, they're a good shout. Um, Fender Road Worn guitars as well, for example, Mexican made the first series of Fender Road Worn guitars, they've shot up in value. So it might be a good shout to actually start investing it. I mean, the, the newer ones, maybe not so much because people will still see the earlier ones as like the original. Um, So I think, you know, maybe, you know, go for something like that because they have fantastic guitars. The necks are great. The pickups are great. The hardware's great. They're vintage, as as vintage accurate as you can get for a, you know, a a cheaper factory production guitar. Um, Yeah. Anything that's not in production anymore, buy it um, if it's in limited numbers. And especially with an artist connection, because that you know we relate more to the artist side. That's great advice, Luke. Thank you. Um, we're going to wrap it up in a little bit before the internet decides to kill this stream forever. Um, <laughs> Sarang has asked us to talk about the pedals as well, and I just took a quick look through the pedals. Uh, there seems to be some great deals there. There seems to be some new and box, but also some older stuff as well. And I saw the uh, the auction last, the last one you had in March, and there were pedals going around the sort of 30 to 50 pounds mark. Um, there's some good pedal deals to be had as well, I think. So I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think like the older vintage stuff and the boutique stuff probably does hold its own, mm-hmm. but I think there's, there's some unknown stuff and like lower end stuff that you really can get for good money and there's a lot of, i mean as we know there's a lot of great pedal makers out there and a lot that i think is still under the radar on the on the open market and i think any i think a lot of people that are really into the pedal thing would probably more so aim themselves towards um you know buying direct or um you know buying somewhere like ebay potentially um because it's just well known for it people wouldn't necessarily think of let's go to Gardner Holgate guitar auctions to buy a pedal. Um, but yeah, well, like you said, we've got a lot of great new and box pedals, some of which are really difficult to buy these days. Um, and we, we, we actually took on a shop clearance. So, um, I see. 
I yeah, so I took in um, approximately 400 pedals, boutique pedals, uh, which we're wow. going to be working through for the next three sales. So keep checking back because we have, I've got boxes and boxes of them to sort through for future sales. But um, you know, this is just a taste of the of, of what's to come. Exciting. There's some. There's a lot. Of, I feel a lot of energy around this guitar auction stuff. Even though the chance of me buying something is quite low at the moment, it would be a a bad financial move on my part. But even still, I'm still going to watch some of the the stream tomorrow and certainly check out the stuff uh, the following day for the amps and the pedals and all the the electronical sort of stuff. Um, it's exciting, and I know the people in the chat have also been excited, and they're looking at the lots. Um, sadly, the audio version of this podcast is going to go out on Thursday, meaning that's the day that the after after. So it's the day after. It's even going to go in the evening, Dan. Is that right? So that means yep, that yep. if you're listening to this audio version, don't go looking for the uh, the current listing. But there's another one in December. Am I right, Luke? So September will be the next September. one. September. So. Uh, yeah, we're we're eight eighth and ninth of September. Uh, we're taking items till the thirteenth of August. So the catalogue will be online in full about a week after that. Um, but we'll be publishing things on the you know the guitar preview site, guitar-auctions.co.uk. As soon as things come in, um, we've probably already got over a hundred guitars consigned for that one already um, before we've even had this one. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of pedals. Um, and there's a lot of like there's a lot of collections pending as well, so it's probably going to be another big one. Um, and yeah, really excited to sort of get stuck into that one and, and get another 300 guitars through the door, but a plus, you know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, no, this is it's definitely always worth looking because you never know what's going to come up. I never know what's going to come up, and that's the joy of the job. Um, we we literally sell what we are given to sell. Um, so yeah, no, it's great. And it's great wow. to to watch that because, like Andy already said, it's a it's a great energy during the auction. So even even if you're not really like willing to spend like a fortune on the on an expensive guitar, it's just super cool to see, you know, to to kind of get your internal price right and then see how far it goes. You know, well, this is the thing. In the, yeah, yeah. One of my one of my regular customers who came in for public viewing today, and he kind of said um, that him and his wife every sale. They just in they go in their cinema room and they put the live stream of the sale on and they just watch it all day because they because they find it fascinating. Um, he he he's kind of like a he he trades a little bit, but he's like a, he's a collector of amps mainly. So he'll sit there all day bidding away um, and uh, just enjoying enjoying what we do. But the other thing is, I think like you, like you just touched on is you can. Um, it's a, it's a great way to kind of like uh, study the market and study where prices are and keep up to date, um, especially looking at the sales ups afterwards. But if you're watching it as well, um, yes, it's, it's, yes, it's a good tool to use, really. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, hopefully we make it fun for everyone. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we may – our voices go and we do lag towards the end of the day. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we try, and we, we try and stay as buoyant as we possibly can. <laughs> Good. Well, let's go to the chat for one final question. I think it's a really important one from Sarang. And he asks, um, approximately how much does one have to wait? How much time does one have to wait to receive an item after they've won the bid on? Um, not that long, really. Uh, I mean, we 
so i mean obviously if you're in the, if you're um based near us a lot of people will just come and pay and collect and some people do that on the day of the sale and they're more than welcome to do so obviously there's people that are further afield and we've got european and you know international buyers a lot of buyers in the states as you could imagine um and you know that's going to take longer because uh there's there's all sorts of things to sort out with CITES paperwork on Brazilian rosewood there's uh um <clears throat> the actual shipping side um we we have our partners um shipping partners for shipping guitars who uh, who do a really good insured courier service um and they tend to come to us the week after the auction so um and then they they'll kind of deliver around during that following week so it's usually for most people you 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 know a week and a half um but if you want it sooner then you can you can make the trek over to us and um we love seeing people in person people you know yeah. um it's great to have people through the door where the last year we haven't really seen anyone so um you know i think that's uh it's it's great to actually be able to meet your collectors and meet your buyers and make new connections um and you know just like we're doing today um it's very important for the for the industry i think well, one day, Luke, I'm going to come and visit you personally. We're going to make a video and have a little look behind the scenes. And um, I'm going to write my name on a post-it note and stick it on something. Dan, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dibs. Um, Dan, do you have any anything else to ask our wonderful guest? No, nothing more to ask. I think we could we could talk and go on like for for two more hours and just check out so many precious items. There are there are so so many cool guitars that have a story that you could you know just drool about and, and talk about. Um, just like maybe one advice for anyone who's really interested in bidding, because you know with with the UK no longer being within the EU, it can be a little bit tedious when it comes to shipping costs. So if you're in the market for a um, for a guitar that has a bolt on neck, um, if you remove the neck and have asked someone to ship the guitar that way, it can get way less expensive in terms of shipping. Nice. Obviously, obviously <laughs> I've done Luke that has no comment on that. <laughs> Brexit hasn't been great for um, for our European buyers. Um, it really hasn't. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but they, they if there's something rare, they will still buy. So. Yeah, that's no, it's all good. Is that is that something you would do if a if a customer bought a guitar? Let's say it's maybe not a ten thousand uh, pounds guitar, but like a eight hundred eight hundred squid instrument, and asks you uh, specifically to have that shipped uh, with the neck being disassembled. Is that possible? Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing we can't do, obviously, is we can't um, we can't misdeclare the value. Um, because sure. again, like yeah. I mentioned earlier. We're an above board company. You'd be amazed at the amount of people that ask us to do it. Um, but <laughs> even even if we don't set up the shipment as the sender, we're liable. Um, and I don't want the hassle of that. I don't think many people would. But yeah, of course, you know, some and I have done it. I have I have pulled apart bolt on guitars and packaged them in a half size box for them. Um, and because you know most things are done on cube uh, the cubic dimensions. Um, and yeah, of course we will. Um, and to be honest with you, in some ways, it probably will get there in better. Is, is there's less risk because you can package it better, um, yeah. and there's less stress on the neck. So it's it's probably yeah. not a bad idea anyway. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. just don't do it with that Billy Joe Armstrong Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> um, one final thing, Luke, and that is that if you ever ever get another shark-shaped guitar. 
please send me a message on Instagram and don't ever communicate with a man called Tom Quayle. So, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's I, yours. Um, thank you so much for tonight, Luke. It's, it's been a pleasure. And as Dan said, there's so much stuff to go over. I recommend everybody goes to your website and has a look. And if, if you're in the future and you've missed this one, then check out the one for September and the following ones. Cause it's addictive I, i've been watching you guys for about three or four years and um you know yeah it, it's it's a hobby of mine a hobby within a hobby so yeah thank you very much pleasure thank you for having me really appreciate it dan would you ask people to give us a five-star rating please sir of course so since this is the end of the show if you enjoyed it make sure to check out itunes and provide us a five-star rating make sure to subscribe to andy's channel if you haven't done so click on the bell and uh yeah apart from that thanks everyone for joining especially in the live chat sorry for the technical issues um i guess uh, european soccer is is kind of screwing up the internet at the moment and uh, yeah looking forward to seeing every one of you back next week thanks so much luke it was a pleasure having you on the show and uh, drooling over guitars and uh yeah good night everyone be kind to each other and see you next week good luck for tomorrow luke good luck thank you very much see you then bye everybody